Hello everyone out there who don't want to set that world on fire. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, that's us. I dig it. Mm -hmm. Hello everyone. Welcome to Watchmen on the Clock, your weekly Watchmen recap show of the HBO series by Damon Lindelof. I am Gabe Mara. And I am Daniel Gonzalez. <laughs> and I am Katie Kometz. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, Katie and Kometz, you seem to be uh, 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 even less... Physically here. <laughs> well, Jay there, Daniel. It's me, Katie. Also, you sound a lot like Mickey Mouse. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what's what's going on with that? Yeah, well, everyone unfortunately, Katie has um some has lost her voice from some kind of illness, so she unfortunately could not be here. But she did say she told me to tell all of you um what up, suckas. And I do have to say that. You know, uh, getting sick like this, especially now, I mean, it's just because she's uh, very unfortunate enough to be in the Northeast with yes. their very cold weather, and I'm mm -hmm. sure it's super wet. Yeah, in Philadelphia. You know. I mean, I could be honest, Gabriel, over yes, here Daniel. in SoCal. In sunny California. You live in the fucking valley, and I just had to say, like, you know, it's such a bummer that, like, temperatures are going slightly below 70. I know, isn't it? Uh, Daniel, Daniel, when I went on my hike in the canyon today, uh, uh -huh. um, I had to almost not roll up my pants because it was Jeez. so hot. I was over there in my t-shirt and I only got a little bit of a tan. You know what always bums me out? What's that? When I when I leave the apartment and mm -hmm. I wanted to walk over to the, uh, the grocery store, which is like a mile away yeah. and back, uh, like I leave with my light jacket mm -hmm. and like my pants, my jeans. For sure. And when I come back from that, mm -hmm. like well, I'll, and not when I get there, when I come back, I'm usually kind of sweaty. Yeah, it's it's just a travesty. It's, it's very interesting. Also, mm -hmm. I I swear to God, the sun is just so intense. I I, yeah. I left, and even though like the sun is going mm -hmm. down, I should have brought my sunglasses. Well, then you know what's not a travesty? What's that? This recent episode of Watchmen, episode six, I believe. Y yeah. Yeah. You know? Six. Yeah. Episode six, entitled. This extraordinary, extraordinary being. being. Jinx. Yeah. Oh, so those of you who don't know, who don't follow Oh, yeah, show, we should say. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, uh, <laughs> um, our show is basically about um, the three of us. Katie's not here. Um, we are a Watchmen newbie, a Watchmen <laughs> expert, and a Watchmen new guy. Like, middle ground guy. Middle, middle ground between the two. Yeah, Daniel's the middle guy. I'm the kind of expert. Yeah, and to define middle guy is that, like, I, I read the comic back, like, 10 years ago when I was a teenager. That's not 10 years ago, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Gabriel. Thanks, man. You could, <laughs> well, we could drink 10 years ago. Yeah, no, we could. Um, but, yeah, no, I read the comic when I was a teenager, more than 10 years ago. Um, and yeah, uh, I've seen the 2009 movie adaptation. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm aware of like the before, before Watchmen. Yeah, before and Watchmen and Doomsday Clock. Doomsday Clock. But like, I haven't read it. Re I haven't read the main comic recently. I haven't mm -hmm. seen the movie recently. I, have, yeah. I haven't seen it since like probably 2010. Yeah. Uh, and Gabriel, you've pretty much done all of that, except you you also don't know the the before Watchmen. Yeah, I only dabbled. I've only read a couple random copies. Yeah. Um, much much to my chagrin, it's one of those series that in, Bo in Barnes and Noble for most of the time it's they've been released. They're covered in plastic. No. You can't just sit there and read them. Oh, that's a that's how I read like bummer. eighty percent of my comics. Actually, that's probably more like ninety. You can probably get them from the library. Around here. Yeah, probably now. Yeah. So I should do that. Um, I also, am, so I read the comic itself, the original, probably once a year or so. Mm -hmm. um, I do not care for the movie. And um, uh, maybe one of these days I'll read those comics. I, I think... <laughs> 
<laughs> I think especially with Katie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think honestly, like episode ten or whatever, like once the the show's actually over, yeah, it's like I think we should watch the movie and just kind of yeah, talk no, about for it. sure. <laughs> for episode ten, let's watch the movie. Maybe eleven, I'll have to read a book. Not to get too far into this, and mm-hmm. I, it's not technically wild speculation. No, but which we'll, we'll do towards the end after we're done, kind of going through the episode, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be very interesting. Now it's just you and me, because yeah. me and you were kind of like locked into like each other's like mind space about like mm-hmm. we're like what Watchmen is yeah. where usually it's like we, we like we can't go on about the Minutemen because it's like oh Katie has no idea what the yeah. fuck we're talking about some might say that Daniel and I get a little too esoteric but hey this is a Watchmen show a little too speaking of which check out our other podcast Slow Readers your weekly fast paced <laughs> literature podcast where we talk about books talk about barks we talk about literature we talk about reading yeah it's so like if you can imagine this shit <laughs> yeah pretty but much 130 132 episodes of yeah. that yeah and then there's no third person for us to have to talk to it's yeah. just nonstop. yeah no it's a lot of fun but so, uh but no not to get too far into it but um but essentially i'm wondering if the 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 show within a show in this uh, american hero story which is yes. a fake uh ryan murphy show yeah, it, it's based on ryan murphy shows it's not actually made by ryan murphy in this world yeah uh, in, in the pdpedia for those of you who watch the show and don't know what i'm talking about on hbo much like in the watchmen comics there are additional documents, some of them written by Agent Blake's partner, mm-hmm. that kind of fill out the world. And this week in particular, there was a lot of bombshells dropped in the PDP. It's kind of wild. That's interesting. We'll get into that. But <clears throat> much like those, uh, the, what do you call them, like documents at the end of every yeah. issue of Watchmen? I didn't read it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, no, not. To, but I was going to say is that like within like the show with the show, American Hero Story. Yes. Is that I'm wondering if at some point that was also kind of supposed to be like a stylized action superhero story in the similar of like a Zack Snyder adaptation of the, oh, it of has the material. To be. Like if that is, cause I feel like so much of what the understanding of superheroes is in the show yes. is so much kind, especially like this episode more than anything, because mm-hmm. like the juxtaposition between like the, the hooded justice story and that, and the hooded justice story we were told, yes, we are told, mm-hmm. um, is that how much it, like it, it feels like a real, like, kind of, like, a, a, a very, no, yeah, like, I feel like they're making fun of, essentially. Oh, well, what I think they definitely are. But I, I yeah. think, um, so, yeah, that they wanted, uh, I think Lindelof had even talked to Ryan Murphy about being the character, Ryan Murphy, yeah. creator of American Hero Story in it. Because I think it, it is a gentle jab. I pointed out to you that Cheyenne Jackson, who plays um, Hooded Justice in the American Hero Story show. Yeah, the white he's Hooded a, Justice. Yeah, he's a, he's a Ryan Murphy regular. Mm. He, was in, he was in Glee. Ryan Murphy do, do Glee? Yeah. Uh, is that just a big thing? Like it's big start. Yeah, that's how he like really broke out. Okay. That was that like that was the it was Glee. Then American Horror Story came out. Does he have any other stories? Maybe? Yeah. Well, he made him up. He did what's it called American Crime Story. You know, um, uh, about the OJ thing. That's him. Oh, really? He also does Pose. I actually didn't know. Oh, I knew. Yeah, that's right. I knew Pose. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I knew that. Yeah, him and Brad Falchuk. <clears throat> okay. All right. Well, uh, let, speaking of which, should we get into like what happens in this episode? Sure. Um. Yeah. Let's let's briefly recap all this because odds are, if you're listening to this, you already watched the episode too. Yeah. You you watched the episode and like probably us right now, you're still kind of like reeling over what just happened. Yeah. I mean, this was a this was a big episode. Big. Um. Oh man, especially because like almost, it's, it's almost, its first real like like diversion from the source material, making its own thing. Truly, ma- yeah, making its own thing out of the source material and whatnot. Not not redefining it in like yeah. an adaptation kind of way, but like taking something and then like making a whole story that is that is entirely yeah. belonging to this. I mean, in Hollis Mason's um, book and in, in the Watchmen mm, comic, he uh-huh. does write that, and I had definitely heard Hooded Justice making comments about pro pro Nazi, and I'm like, hmm, that doesn't really jibe anymore with this, but. 
Yeah, that's that. That's interesting. I mean, well, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you would know that more than me. But yeah. okay, so this, yeah, we begin with like a the show within a show, American Hero story, where essentially it we get like the Hooded Justice story that is like known within the Watchmen the world, widely speculated. Yes, where essentially uh, Hooded Justice is like uh, he is uh, the first Hooded hero. Yeah, Rolf Muller supposedly circus strongman. <clears throat> yeah, and su- suppose that's what he's supposed to be is, as we saw in the other episode where like a body washed on the shore, and we had like the 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 narration of saying like. This is supposed to be me, but, but I, is it? But is it? Yeah, but anyway, it's the story where like uh, there's speculation whether 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 or not uh, Hooded Justice is gay with uh, Captain Met- Metropolis, Captain Metropolis, Metropolis Nelson Gardner. Yeah, and um, and then this like supposedly they have like damning evidence of Hoover's sexuality or whatever. Yeah, but like you know, wham bam, slam it up. It's a punch out and everything yeah. like that. It's very stylized, but it's exactly the kind of thing that we had. Then we cut to the fact that um, Regina King's character, Abigail... Angela Abar. <laughs> Where am I thinking about Abigail from? I have no idea. Wait, that's stuck in my head for some reason. Or other. Oh, Monsters University. So that said... Who's Abigail Monsters University? That was the uh, uh, Helen Mirren's character. Her first name was Abigail. <laughs> oh, okay. Abigail Hardscrabble? <laughs> yeah, it was. it's not right, mentioned until the end. So anyway. Sure. So back to the show. Yeah. How dare you distract us from oh, the topic, Gabriel? Whoops. <laughs> No, uh, uh, Angela Avar, uh, yes. aka uh, Sister Knight, mm-hmm. who in the last episode she got arrested because like she like she gets basically like uh, 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 Blake essentially finds out that like she is hiding something about uh, yeah um, uh, LG looking glass um uh, kind of rats her out but he does it to save her yes and yeah, yeah because yeah, Bob yeah. Benson threat because yeah Bob Benson had threatened Wade that if he didn't give up um uh, Angela to the authorities mm-hmm. he would kill Angela's family. Yes, and the the last week's also episode ended with like a bunch of gunmen headed to LG's house, mm-hmm. hard cut, and then we didn't get back to Life's that at all. Life's not good. So we did. We don't know. Hopefully, it's gonna get sorted out next week, and you better not fucking die. Yep. Well, I swear well, to God. In in the PDpedia, um, for the first time, Agent Blake sends her own memo out, and she states she says that well, one that she's gonna send PD over to check on Wade. Immediately after all this stuff of Gardner stuff, that's interesting. Yeah, but I, I can't wait to tell you all this. Ex- I wait to all, all the speculation. Okay. But yeah, there's a lot me, of great stuff there. Yeah, sorry. Let me get into this. So basically, what happened is that like before getting taken away, uh, uh, Angela basically took all of the nostalgia pills, which is mm-hmm. given to her by the grandfather. Yes, William um, Reeves. William Reeves and whatnot, the saying that these are memories and they are literal actual memories that basically people like pills that people take to yes. uh, to re- to revive. Yeah. Uh, True to, Industries developed this drug, but now they're banned. However, she took too much, so she's kind of she's in a coma while she's basically reliving the memories of her grandfather mm-hmm. just grandfather right yes okay yes i was thinking like like he seems i think it would be older than her grandfather it must be like great grandfather Whatever. oh she's she's not young either no she's not but all right uh anyway so and basically so we go into like so this is this most of the entire uh episode is basically just going through like the history essentially it's an origin story mm-hmm. for hooded justice yes who uh yeah, not to, we're, let's not go through this beat by beat, essentially, because we're going to be here for a while, especially yeah. pausing and everything that's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's depicted um, in glorious black and white, really awesome transitions and yeah. filmmaking. It's like a it's a very surreal kind of thing where things look like they're very long shots or like continuous shots jumping from like location to location through like floating doors even. Yeah. Um, it's really fucking cool. And also uh, color is used very interestingly where... Uh, when when you see color, it's usually some. It's usually like a break in reality that we're revisiting. So like a memory from like some other location. One will be bleeding yeah, like in. Will's mom playing piano is a repeated one. Yeah, specifically, it's memories from uh, the uh, attack on Tulsa that happened in 1921. Yes, Something like that. Uh, and 
so basically we get the, the story that uh, Will Reeves becomes uh, a, pol- a police officer in New York City. In 1938. And basically he like he gets involved in some kind of criminal conspiracy called like uh, Cyclops, mm-hmm. which uh, is basically populated and maybe possibly run by the Ku Klux Klan. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're involved, obviously, but we're still kind of like vague on what the actual de- like what really is happening here besides what's going on. But yeah, um, basically, the Ku Klux Klan is using mind control powers mm-hmm. that they're going to be using on the black population of America yes. to become violent and attack one another. It's a lot like Kingsman. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a lot like that. Um, yeah, that whole, that whole <laughs> uh, for those of you who haven't seen Kingsman, it's an, part of the entire plot thing is that Sam Jackson's nefarious plan is to use everyone's phones to trigger a um, kill crazy, like murderous rampage in people. And so at, at some point, Will arrives at a, at a movie theater where he discovers that this had just ex- exactly that had happened. Yeah, and it, it's it's pretty brutal. And like the white police are essentially just being like, "Yeah, the animals are tearing themselves apart. What are mm-hmm. you gonna do?" During a screening of the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah. Uh. And basically, at this point, Will Reeves uh has okay the okay. So we're getting far ahead because at this point we should go into like basically how Hooded Justice becomes Hooded Justice, mm-hmm. where essentially he is attacked by his fellow white policemen. Yes. And are basically strung up and mm-hmm. hung and hanged. Yes. Uh, as a warning, not necessarily killed, saying if you, you get deeper and again, we're, we'll we'll get you next time. Yeah. Um. And basically, that's where Hooded Justice gets his hood and also, well, not the actual hood, but like the idea for the hood and also the, uh, the noose. The noose. Um, and basically, because he follows, he uh, uh, Will essentially kind of lets out like all this pent up anger and, and, and like, you know, terror and whatnot on a bunch of criminals who are attacking like a couple and whatnot. And a white couple, a white couple, too. And uh, and he gets in the news basically for being like a sit like a like a savior and whatnot. Yeah. So, so there's yeah, it's pretty heavy shit. Yeah, it, it's very uh, <laughs> like we are not equipped to discuss the deep, serious, and heavy meaning of what it means to be a black man in America, mm-hmm. what it means to be a cop, what it means to be a gay man in America. There's a lot. Yeah, that that's a whole other thing. Um, I do want to point out because me and you, Gabriel, we both read this uh before uh, we started and whatnot that um. Uh, the uh, officer who's pinning the badge onto Will Reeves since like the regular police chief just kind of like bu- like brushed yeah, by him on the ceremony. Uh, what was the guy's name? Do you remember? Samuel Battle. Samuel Battle, who was the first uh, black uh, policeman in New York City. Yeah, total so, badass. So like dude's like an actual like legend and a hero and, mm-hmm. you know, and whatnot of the country. Yeah, that Will Reeves says that he's like, you're the reason why I want to become a cop. Yeah, so that's, it's one of those really fantastic moments you get in Watchmen where mm-hmm. like the real world kind of like bleeds into this. And, yeah, it's really neat. Yeah, it's really neat. So, mm-hmm. so basically he starts fighting crime as the hood of justice gets recruited by uh captain metropolis yes um into this, the... this hammy ass like <laughs> like um scene reject propositions him to join them the minutemen yeah uh he he has like this very old-fashioned like captain america kind of like like kind of vibe to him essentially yeah like a smarmy captain america he's a, he's a smarmier uh uh yeah like t.e lawrence meets captain america yeah kind of. um and essentially so a couple things happen first off is that uh will and uh captain metropolis uh fuck they fuck because i guess that that uh, uh, sus- uh suspected kind of element of, of the hood adjusted character is just 100 percent true he, yes. he legit uh is gay even though at the same yeah, time he's that was a- eddie blake was the one who um, propagated those rumors because he'd always made this like this he'd always like accused um Hood of Justice and Captain Metropolis of having some kind of connection. Oh yeah? Yeah, famously during the scene where um Hood of Justice beats up 
um, comedian for attempting to rape Silk Spectre. He's like, like, oh, this is what you like, isn't it, big man? You like, like it, like you like it rough like that. Yeah, I, I was just assuming that he was saying that uh, Hooded Justice just like is like a like a say like a sexual sadist or, or something. No, he's referring to um, uh, homosexuality. Homosexuality. Yeah. All right. Now I know. Um, but, uh, so yeah, and basically he gets involved with like the actual Minutemen, which Gabriel, I'm sure during that, the scene where, uh, Will or Hooded Justice actually walks out in front of like the press and, and like the Minutemen the in there. famous line that I have, um, there is a vast and insidious conspiracy. Yes. Uh, well, I was gonna say there's that. And also just the fact that the Minutemen are there, but they're out of focus. And I'm sure you were like me, you were just like, like leaning forward, oh, just being like, oh, boy. Did oh my God, Who that's, that? that's comedian. There's Mothman. Cool. <laughs> yeah. You see Mothman. You see, what was the one of the, uh, the woman in the black? The silhouette. Yeah. The silhouette. You see, you see her. You see, there's you see definitely Night Owl a little bit. A little bit. I didn't actually see him, to be honest with you. Oh, he was like just in the back. He wasn't very he was much in the back. focus. You, there's like ones, there's one really not clear shot, but there's like a shot where you see like the figure of like comedian. And that's when I was yeah. got really excited. He was like, yeah. ah. And then they unveil that really, really awful, <laughs> yeah. that, that bank ad that, 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 that was seen in the first episode in the cavalry hideout where it's Dollar Bill being like, I'm keeping the riffraff out of your, out of your banks. And it's this grotesque Jim Craw illustration of an African-American man. Dollar Bill, that's like that was the, the hero's name. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that was. The yeah, thing. he was a he was a bank funded superhero in the Minutemen. <laughs> he unfortunately oh. got shot and killed when his cape got caught in um a revolving door in a bank. Oh, I I remember that. Uh, unfortunately, from the uh, the intro of uh the 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 movie, the Snyder yeah, film, the Watchmen movie. Yeah, yeah. Hey, he did one thing right. I know. I I, I legitimately do uh like that thing, and we'll talk about this when we actually do talk about the sure. movie, the intro thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so. But however, when like, he's immediately marginalized yes. by by like Nelson by Captain Metropolis, who is like even like even though he, no one knows that he's black but him, he still tokenizes him and belittles him as a, as like a black man. Yeah. Um. Well, also like because again, like I'm a little vague on this. You know, as much better than me. But like, there was a lot of like PR around the Minutemen. Mm-hmm. Like there was a lot of like public image shit. Yeah. Um. Like for example, uh, suppose that we talked about this before, where Silk Spectre was kind of like was more of like a mascot of the group. Like she was kind of kept around as like the pretty one, as like a pinup girl, and well, o- and she, also too... she was in fact a good crime fighter, but she was just the one of the best PR. That okay. she had, she actually had a publicist who she ended up marrying. He was the kind of guy who knew that, oh, while she fights crime, we can also make money off of this. Okay. So she was, in fact, a good crime fighter. And on top of this, she was also... She just made money. She was also, um, she was also kind of like uh, presented as Hooded Justice's yeah, bow or something. to be dating Hooded Justice. Yeah. So like... Like there's all there, like there's a lot of like icky PR shit around Bitman. Yes. That's basically what I'm getting at. And you you get to see that in here as well, where uh apparently um Hood of Justice was gonna come out and say like there is this vast conspiracy involving the uh the, the, the clan. clan and also the Cyclops thing or whatever. Yeah. And basically uh Captain Metropolis essentially being like, Oh, uh Mur- Murloc has like Murloc a the Mystic has a sun has a beam that's gonna melt the sun or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um it's it's fucking goofy. It's interesting. And then like uh so let's just get the come uh kind of go along where essentially we also have uh when Will like calls in like a uh, and uh, calls Captain Metropolis and says like listen I need you I I'm, I followed this thing right here I need you down here and the guy's yeah. just like oh come on whatever yeah like oh I guess you're gonna have to handle black unrest by yourself yeah but if you want to come in my bed it's 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 the whole thing okay not at not the not the gay stuff but the power dynamic is so gross mm-hmm. it's so unpleasant. It's it's really like it's like that's nice little one. It, it's it's bad. Yeah. Cause like yeah, um, uh, 
Reeves finds the warehouse where they're assembling the, what's it called? The the projectors. Yes. And he, at this moment, he is begging for help from the Minutemen to help him take this down. And Captain Metropolis is like, that's not really our wheelhouse there, bud. Yeah. I mean, like, were they legitimate like as a group were they legitimate superheroes like did they actually like really get things done or was it mainly they were just... actual crime fighters or was it more of just like a, a show kind of thing it was a bit of both i okay. think definitely they they walked around the streets i i'm, I'm pretty sure what kick-ass presented like in the beginning is very accurate you're not going to find that much crime walking around the streets in a costume but yeah. they did in fact beat up dudes and did do detective work to take down criminals all right i mean i guess that's and don't me wrong i feel like i'm i'm gonna i would if i if i were to talk about this I like it's like oh that's what watchmen's about mm-hmm. <laughs> or essentially it's like yeah but i feel like you know just going around like beating up bank robbers isn't really like doing anything against crime i mean that's just like those bank robbers, and it's like well that's what well, that's what watchmen's yeah, kind of about it's a lar- the larger framework <laughs> yeah correct. but okay so anyway so will responds to this this kind of like genuine frustration plus he keeps running into mr uh our old buddy the yellow king uh-huh glenn uh, fleshley or something something like that he's like the <laughs> grossest name uh, he who like essentially is just like this like I don't know, like the small time like crook or thug or whatever. Yeah. Who like gets arrested and then just gets gets loose and he's just kind of like a general asshole. Well, yeah, he 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 throws a Molotov cocktail inside a Jewish deli. Inside a Jewish deli. So yeah. yeah, he he is he's definitely supporting and backing and maybe even fronting the clan. Yeah. The Cyclops. He might. Yeah. Or he's just like a Jason or whatever. But anyway, so like. Will and then like when he's like the the guy's just trying to be like yeah come over I'll get you a steak and then Will takes out his gun and shoots him in the head yeah uh, and then here's your Rorschach um comparisons okay. that of all the things you wouldn't expect Hooded Justice to have the Rorschach comparison yeah no that's a good that's a good point um I didn't think about it until now I'm mm-hmm. uh, yeah uh, that there's a breaking point where he commits savage acts of murder yeah and it's there's something really shocking even... justified in the sense of Mad Dog's got to get put down still murder. As yeah. they say in um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, cool motive, still murder. <laughs> That's nice. I don't really know that. But um, no, yeah, it, it, was, it was very shocking, even though, like, again, they're all scumbags. They're all, like, clan-affiliated police and, and yeah. just thugs or whatever. But, like, and him just shooting them dead, it's just like, it's like mm-hmm. ugh. Yeah. Oh, boy. More often than not, right in the forehead, in the Cyclops' eye. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he goes inside, and also those were the policemen, right? Those yeah. were the cops. Yeah. So like, yeah, inside the thing where like they're putting together these like these lenses, the cops, you shoot them. Like he goes in the back, and there's like some guy like uh, who's basically, I'm assuming, pro- like he's recording a voice that's going to be projected into like the light yeah, shower or whatever. Of, it, it is. It is the hypnotism. The yeah. flashing lights from the projector hypnotize you, and he gives them the orders. But like the orders. Like, for example, like after this, then we cut to like like modern times and whatnot mm-hmm. when old man uh, will basically we see what happens in the night that uh, Don Johnson's character dies. Yeah. Sheriff I, Jed Crawford. Yes. Okay. I was at first a little disappointed. You didn't see more of the other Watchmen events contextualized. But mm-hmm. I'm like, that wasn't important. That is not a, that's not the story right now. The story is like like that was yeah. his breaking point when his family <laughs> leaves him, mm-hmm. when he sees his son putting on his own makeup. And it's like, nope. And, and his wife <laughs> takes him away. And then from there, at his lowest moment, then we cut to him making Judd hang himself. Yes, that's right. That's what happens in between there. But and yeah, no, because uh, like also like this, this episode was like the fastest hour. Yeah, you know, it really was. I didn't want it to end. Yeah, I know. It's like I could see a whole movie with this. You yeah, know? God, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we cut to that. So we see what happens, and basically, like in twenty nineteen, when this takes place. Yes, twenty nineteen. Okay. It's, it's modern. It's day. modern day. Okay. Yeah. Um, basically, we see we see uh, because we also see um, 
uh, will take one of the projectors with him. Yes, and the manual. And the manual. So like at so at this point, the flashlight we see uh, that Will has is essentially is the hip, hip, hypnotic yeah, the ray mesmerism or something thing, like that, yeah. mesmerism ray. And uh, and basically he uses this on Judd and whatnot to basically like push him up the, the thing and whatnot and yeah. basically get him to hang himself. Yeah, he, he's the one who struck up his sheriff. Um, that said, though... What do you remember what they talked about? But like in that brief moment when Judd kind of like was was a little yes, it was very heavy. It was yeah. just like the whole like the that yep, I'm gonna kill you. And Judd, it was all very cryptic. Judd just says something like, "You don't understand. I'm doing this to help you. You don't know me." Mm-hmm. And it, it's very very like like he talked also when um when Will says, "Here's a clan uniform in your yeah. in your closet." And Will's like, no, and Judd is like, yeah, but that's my history and my heritage. It's my right to keep it. Mm-hmm. It was a very, very loaded and heavy conversation about um, exactly what's going on in the world right now about yeah, yeah. about um, racism, and <laughs> he, and and oh, Judd, 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 like pulls the fucking like like white savior card, like I'm doing this for your own good mm-hmm. kind of thing, and that's and like you don't you don't know me, you don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And that's when uh, Will gives him the Cyclops symbol and says, I know what I'm doing and makes him hang himself. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to think that's pretty much what happens. The The episode ends with uh, Angela, who's who's again experiencing all of this, relieving his memories, wakes up in a, in a like a weird hospital room and mm-hmm. Lady True's there. You have some sick kicks. Yeah. With uh, with uh, with some shoes, reading a book whose title oh, we, God, couldn't we couldn't see. God, we couldn't see if you should. Yeah. What was that the what what happened? Was that the end of the episode? Pretty much. She was okay. just like, Yeah, hey, welcome. And then credits. Yeah. I feel like I feel like there had to been something No, I think that was it. Okay. So yeah, like obviously a lot of shit happens and it's a all very happy. A lot of shit happens. Have we been do you think all right, no, let's So yeah, Gabriel, like how do you how do you tackle this? I also I would say like you, yeah. Again, this is this is the first episode. I mean, don't get me wrong. The whole show is doing a very good job with this. Yeah, it's been it's been great. Taking like taking like a uh, inspiration from like the from the uh, source comic, and basically really making its own material out of it mm-hmm. that works that very complements. Yeah, the original, like yeah. It's it this you know, I, I'm I'm I want to I'm curious about the payoff because this kind of thing for me always, you, you know, you want your. Your adaptations, your your quote unquote remixes, as he call as Lindelof calls this, uh-huh. you don't want it to be fan fiction, because mm-hmm. ultimately at the end of the day, it's fan fiction. But you know, it's it's it, it reminds me as I've, I've told the story before. It reminds me of the nausea I'd feel reading people's like like on fan boards of Final Fantasy <laughs> fan fiction. Oh, no. People would be like, be like, oh yeah, no, but but Evan children suck because you know my story was better. Instead, there's three Sephiroth clones named Rudabla and Safiga, and I'm like, that's embarrassing. Yeah, and I'm I'm so I'm I'm sweating now. Like I'm, I'm so embarrassed for these uh-huh. people. So, at this at least this re this reimagining of Hood of Justice was told with like some brilliant writing mm-hmm. and recontextualizing everything about Watchmen. It's so smart about America. I mean, Alan Moore, not American. He was always writing about the American dream from the point of view of a British man. Yeah. But, through, through like the pop culture that was kind of like known. Yeah. And, and legitimate politics and whatnot. But yeah. I mean, I'm just really impressed that Lindelof, who is not a black man, was able to con- like conceptualize all of this and 
Um, guys, if you don't, if listeners, if you don't read it, the the AV Club is doing some brilliant recaps of this. Mm-hmm. Um, the writer of the AV Club recap for this episode, her name is uh, Joelle. Oh no, <laughs> Joelle something. Joelle, Joelle stretch for time. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Correct. Uh, yeah, no, like I, I, I'm very curious, and also like I feel we can have a bigger discussion maybe down the line about like the difference the difference between joelle monique she wrote this gutting piece this wonderful piece of journalism Mm -hmm. about her she's an african-american woman it's about her understanding of superheroes and how this is the first time that she felt disturbed and seen yeah uh she talks about like kind of falling in love with batman yeah in, in the beginning as a kid um, but no, like we, we can have a much bigger discussion down the line about like, like what is, where's is the line between fan fiction and somebody else working on property that they didn't necessarily create? Yeah. What's, what's the line between alien and aliens? What's, what's the line between, uh, revenge of the Sith and the, uh, the force awakens or something yeah, like that, you know, that like, like who can build on something and did they do a good job? I guess ultimately we'll find out. Yeah. I mean like, cause it's, it's hard. I'm curious how people feel about this. It's also mm-hmm. like, honestly, like Star Wars is actually a really great. Thing That's a great with this because there was extended universe that for years people were saying, well, this is canonical. Mm-hmm. And um, even through the Star Wars prequels, there was stuff that was canonical that yeah. wasn't done by Lucas. And then a lot of that was was shuttled aside by uh, the new movies. And then like, but at what point do are the new movies not fan fiction as well? Since they're not by they're yeah. the first ones that are not by the original creator. Mm-hmm. So like technically you can say like, it, like I feel like I, I feel there's a lot of people saying, well, this is canonical. This is canonical. But like, it's always a matter of interpretation, huh? <laughs> and also, there's a difference between Alan Moore, like known cantankerous wizard, actual who, wizard, yeah, who would never let anyone touch this, mm-hmm. versus George Lucas, who just had to like, who failed miserably to expand his own creation that alan moore (laughs) if alan moore had written a shitty before watchmen then i think people wouldn't give a shit but because he has never returned to it it's never been tarnished by his own hands yeah people were more people are more wary of this yeah i mean there was nowhere to go for a star wars um sequels to go for but up yeah because man those fucking prequels are bad they're bad really bad katie what do you think Oh, she's not here. She's not here. Uh, Gabriel. Yeah. I tell you what, I think we've been going on for a while. Yes. Honestly, I like, unlike last week, I can't wait to do some wild speculation. Okay. Yeah. No, let's let's play a game, but. Okay. uh, Well, wait, no, neither of us made a game. Yeah. We didn't make a game. Fuck that shit. Just (laughs) Uh, kidding. Yeah. We're not doing a game. We're we're going to, we're going to break. When we come back, we'll do wild speculation. Mm -hmm. Katie's going to make two games next time. Katie owes us two games. Correct. And also she's going to be a contestant and also she might lose the games. Yeah. That's going to be pretty great. Gabriel throws the break. Okie dokie. I don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to start a flame in your heart. And welcome back. All you TikTokers. Oh, we forgot the TikTok at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, we usually I think Katie starts that. Tick yeah. Talk. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. All right, that's enough. Um, so yeah, we're 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 back, and now's the time where we basically do our favorite thing we like to do. It's a little thing called wild speculation. Um, where basically we speculate wildly. Yeah, I think that's what everyone tunes in for. Gabriel. So all right, 
let me uh, let me ask you something. Sure. So you have, away. You have a lot of wild speculations, mm-hmm. and also obviously, like um, speaking of past wild speculations, mm-hmm. that this episode very much uh, obviously solved the big one that like people for a while were saying that like that Will was going to turn out to be Hooded Justice. Yeah. Which I thought was like silly at first. Um, I, I feel like I, I I'm I'm sure I'm just like like looking back wrong. I feel like I called that. I don't, I don't remember. I mean, like, I, I definitely call, mentioned beginning being, oh, so a lot of parallels right away. You have a hooded man, like, like hanging, stringing up a sheriff. So. Oh, with the Bass Reeves thing at yeah. the beginning of, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause, I mean, I mean, it obviously makes a ton of sense. And of course, like, Lindelof is a very, very tight, like, writer in the sense where he's going to have, um, like the very first, obviously, like the very first uh, thing we see, which is the black and white silent film, which as we see in this again, mm-hmm. um, yeah, of the the the, the hooded black uh, uh, vigilante sheriff uh, uh, hanging or not hanging, but just like lassoing, yeah, uh, yeah, the the corrupt white sheriff, mm-hmm. and that's ba- it, that's Little how kid holding a piglet. That's how that episode begins, and the episode ends with uh, Will Reeves in a wheelchair and like uh, Judd Crawford hanging from a tree yes um so yeah what about that <laughs> oh no y- uh, you brought that up yeah me. i did no <laughs> um i was vamping uh okay. so i was trying to gather my thoughts uh <laughs> well let me let me drop some stuff from you because i know you don't read the pdpedia okay yeah and i ahead. wonder if anyone else like i'm sure people out there but, do but yeah. in case you don't no what i was gonna say is that like yeah so like all that speculation that people were making i do remember you mentioning that especially in these i think the second episode probably like the one that had like the big uh hooded justice scene from uh, uh american hero story right was, it, was that episode two where he oh. beats a bunch of people in the uh and the produce maybe i don't recall um i think i think it was that one but like i remember you mentioning it's like oh people are making a big thing that they think that uh will reeves is is uh hooded justice i think so I mm, that might be me anyway uh, anyway what do you got? so pdpedia some things that were not in the episode but are clear now thanks to the thing mm-hmm. so uh in a very very fun thing um i said before agent blake writes her first memo to the thing mm-hmm. it's perfectly in her voice but she points out that um while um angela was in her coma she was talking the whole time. So now um, now Blake and Petey know that Will Reeves was Hooded Justice. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a fucking heavy thing to do. Here's a quote from it. What we did not know was that Reeves was Hooded Justice. Funny story. I actually thought H.J. might have been my dad at one point. Oh, wait. It's not funny at fucking all. Um, let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Moving on. <laughs> As Agent Petey has seen fit to parade the legacy of my dysfunctional um, costume parents here, I'm going to say this before he does. It's pretty fucking strange that of all the people who could be responsible for offing Crawford, it would be the same guy who beat the shit out of my dad when he tried to rape my mom. The the thermodynamic miracle strikes again, huh, Petey? Alas, this is not about me. So that's a kind of a wild thing. The next document, which is um, evidence, it's the will of Nelson Gardner. Um, Nelson Gardner apparently died in a a car crash where he was decapitated. Um, and apparently his head was never found, but it's revealed that he left all of his fortune to Will Reeves, who was living in Harlem. Oh, yeah. In a movie theater. So that's a thing. That's interesting. And lastly, it's a kind of interview with Lady True. Here's where m- maybe some of my, my wild speculation for the future I want to bring up first. Mm-hmm. It's that uh, here. Um, here's what it says. Those recent undertakings of Lady True's. Um, include breaking ground on a millennium clock and sending newly legalized HDTVs to every residence in the tri-county area as an apology for inconvenience, etc. So, yeah. we know that Lady <laughs> True and Bass Re- um, Will Reeves are in cahoots. Yes. 
Um, we know that uh, Lady True has all sorts of space stuff going on. Mm-hmm. She set up some kind of weird clock. And also, uh, they have hypnotism technology. And she just placed the TV in everyone's house. Yes. What does this mean? I don't know. And um, you know what kind of like the, 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 the frustrating thing for me with, with, this, with this series is a little bit? I think like the... The huge, the huge mysteries that are running through this are the most frustrating mm-hmm. because they're very like I'm like so far. Lady True is a very mysterious character. We've yeah. only seen her do mysterious things. Also, a suggestion that maybe I'm uh, Eddie Blake's her father, but really, well, he did a lot of banging in Vietnam. Okay, but that's not very active. That's I don't think that's much of an active thing right now. This this the series is barely about Eddie Blake. Yeah, I hope it's not about um. I hope that's not the case. I hope it's, that's the thing that fucking Star Wars does, where it's yeah. like everyone's gonna be someone's son. I think what's kind of fun is that this this <laughs> Lady True thing is a like Inquirer style Lady True fact or fiction. So this might have been them having fun of wild speculation. Maybe it is. I guess so. I, I, well, I would dare say is that like I love the characters and I love the world building that they're doing this, and I love again how much it complements the other thing. It's just like I think the mysteries are. Kind of, I, I found it frustrating um, because again, like. As you basically spelled out clearly, this is the Watchmen's. Hmm? Well, no, I was gonna like as I want to make wild speculations on that, like Speculate, what that what the whole thing is, what is going on. For example, like okay, the big thing that happened at the end of Watchmen, the giant squid thing, right? Yes. That was that was uh, basically the 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 scheme by Adrian Veidt 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 Veidt. Uh, he. I mean, the whole purpose of that is that the world was on the brink of blowing each other up. Yes. And basically to stop it, they were going to, you know, create an external uh, mm-hmm. threat and bring the world together under fear of like this other thing. Yes. There's not much global in this story. Yeah. It's all Tulsa. There, there's no like the world isn't about to be destroyed. I mean, there's there's up there's upheaval and there's there's, you know, uh, 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 violence and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And there's like racial violence. But like. That'd be cool if the stakes are more or smaller. If, if the whole idea is that, like, well, what if we made more peace? <laughs> yeah. Um. Honestly, so I here is my wild speculation. Okay. Um, it's gonna be um much like um, circling all the way back to the first thing, and furthering the Kingsman thing. Mm-hmm. I think Will Reeves and Lady True want to start another race riot. They want to recreate the Tulsa, the Tulsa bombing, but have it be on the other side, perhaps. Do you think it's going to be like, like, like non-white killing whites? Maybe. I think that that sounds like some dangerous programming, but that's kind of like <clears throat> why, like in terms of, in, of, uh, of parallel storytelling, there, there's going to be some kind of correlation be like, this is not the yeah. end of the correlation to the Tulsa bombings. And now that we know for a fact that Will Reeves, killer of Judd Crawford, is a survivor of it and he was the first superhero there has to be and also he's capable of great violence of murdering people there is something deeper and darker and there's a more nefarious plan here well how lady true figures into how she joined in on that that's that's unclear so yeah, so far like again, where does, I, where does um Doctor Manhattan play a part in this? I, at the anytime mild speculation gets frustrating, it's that like one, I have no idea what Lady True's after in mm-hmm. all this. Two, um, how what Adrian, how Adrian fits in all this? Like yes. this is actually the first episode we had where there's no scenes. Yeah, of no vibe. The Lord of the Manor. Yeah, love that. Um, yeah, I love that too. And because like also last time we found out that he's on a moon of Jupiter, we're we're. This is the first episode without him or LG. Yes. Um. So like that. So like, and I have no idea how that's fitting into this 
Also, here's the thing, though. Do you think... What about those HDTVs and whatnot? And also the uh, teleportation device that we saw in the previous yeah. episode. Like, so it could be... Th- I, well, I no, wanted to I ask mean, you. So, True has nothing to do with Bob Benson. Mm-hmm. So our Bob, Be- so our, our, our little faction, Bob Benson yeah. and the cavalry, <laughs> do they have nothing to do with Lady True, right? Here's something fucked up. Are they in opposition? No, I, I don't think so. And what if, here's the thing. What if, for example, okay, so if we, no, that's actually a really great wild speculation yeah. that like they're trying to create another like racially incensed violence, whether it's white on, on non-white or non-white on white. Yeah. But which direction does that go? And do you think, for example, if that is the case where they're trying to create uh, violence between races? Mm-hmm. Do you think the Seventh Cavalry is trying to stop that? Like See, it's, it's very a, birth, a... birth of nation-y yeah. where like the, where the clan cool. are, are like going to be the heroes who ride in to save the day at the end. Yeah. Part of that apparently what like Alan Moore had like said that what yeah. birth, was a birth of a nation is the first superhero movie. Yes. A lot of context. So there's a, there's yeah. And yeah, that sounds shocking. It's like, I, I think he it, kind of, yeah, no, it's he's true. It's very it a int- blockbuster about a, about a contextualized <laughs> hero. Um, saving the day against a contextualized villain. Yeah, I mean, in in a sense, and I, I feel like we don't talk about this because it basically really speaks to like the kind of like American mythology and whatnot. Um, the first hooded vigilantes that America celebrated were the Klan. Those yeah. are those were our masked heroes. Yeah, that's accurate. And uh, and it's kind of and it's something that yeah that that's what Alan Moore is talking about. Like mm-hmm. America worshipped them. They were heroes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And hooded justice costume always had a kind of weird similarity to a clan costume yeah and that's kind of fun when you think about it i mean at yeah. this point i love how clearly like they they, they took the idea and kind of based it yeah. just taking um, I, I like i don't think uh this isn't wild speculation but Excellent. i don't think we, I, mean, I didn't ask you this um i really like this and fan fiction i i, I asked the question <laughs> uh-huh. is it fan fiction but i like this recontextualization recontextualization of hooded justice as will reeves yes. i think that's really cool yeah, no, I, I, I'm all for it. Like, um, I, I love this show is great when it's just about the characters. Yeah. When it's doing a little too much and I can't stress enough episode four, I fucking hated. That was a bummer. That was a bummer. That was a bummer of an episode. It was not, it, it was not about characters. It was just, okay, what's lube man. Yeah. We're six fucking episodes in. We had one scene that you can mm-hmm. literally take out and that whole thing's just completely forgotten. Yeah. Unless, like, what is that? Do you have any idea at this point, six episodes in after this no. huge fucking reveal, no Gabriel, idea. who is Lupin? No idea. What Nothing. is, why was he watching Angela? Yeah. Why, why did she, why did he not say anything? Why did he catch her attention and then run away and then hide in the sewer? Yeah. No idea. <laughs> What's happening in three days? Well, now we know. Um, <laughs> well, do we? Yeah, rough. Yeah, there's mind control with the screens. Yes. Um, but like, and, but what? we, but we still don't know what it is. No, but I think definitely think you're on to something mm-hmm. by saying that it's going to create something like, like they're going to recreate in a way that the Tulsa yeah. riots from nineteen. And I think that's a really interesting and a fascinating point about is the Seventh Cavalry working against this? That it's, I, I don't know because that sounds like a terrifying thing to do. That in a sense, that the a black man and an Asian woman are mm-hmm. are creating are are scheming to create violence, and yes. that somehow the clan are kind of come in and stop them. Like, yeah, I, I feel like something. I feel like that that's that's so that it very speaks to not only what Alan Moore said about Birth of a Nation, and mm-hmm. also clearly that Landa yeah. Love heard that and is like, oh my god, I got it. Yeah, but like it it, it could this has <laughs> all the potential to be a like a horrifically tone deaf story. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's going to do it. But it's, I don't think no, so. It's, He's it's too way smart too, for that. The, the people who made 
this episode mm-hmm. like aren't going to tell no that story. There's no way it's going to yeah. tell that story. So it's it's. I don't it's, think Regina King would sign up for that story. It's been done. It's been done way way too well so far to, for it to be that kind of yeah. thing. I, I'm curious exactly how they're going to do that, but um, I don't think that those two groups are are working together. I don't but, think. So. But they seem to be working against one another. Yeah. But we just don't know. Like, what is the cavalry up to? They have a fucking door. They have a transdimensional door. Yes. Do you think that they're trying to, like... God, what if they're trying to rescue Adrian Vite? And, like, what if... Yeah, maybe they're, maybe they're trying to save Adrian. They're trying to take Adrian Vite and hold him trial for killing Rorschach. No, the Dark Manhattan killed Rorschach. Yeah, right, right. Well, they're trying to get justice for Rorschach because he died in that whole thing. But by, by the way, that would be really cool if the Cavalry's trying to ca- re- capture Vite. Yeah, no, I. The, we uh, we almost and another wild card. Doctor Manhattan's showing up in this. Yeah, there, there's an episode. I think it's the second last episode where it's like a god walks into a bar. Yeah, and it's like I saw it and I was like, that's that's Doctor Manhattan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I love I love how little he's had to do with the story so far. So far, even though again, it's I he, still think whatever landed in the field that Lady Truebot might be Doctor Manhattan. Had something to do with that. She's using him as a battery. God damn! It's like, because also in this thing, apparently Lady True, the genius, mm-hmm. um, she has brought back Doctor Manhattan batteries, like the lithium batteries. So because they had gone out of production, electric cars stopped being in production in this uh-huh. world since Doctor Manhattan left, because he made the batteries. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, no fucking idea. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I have like this 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 there's, bizarre there's... feeling that a horrific reveal is gonna be like like Lady True has him in like a cage. Well, yeah. Well, we saw something at the, in the preview for the next episode where um, Angela breaks into a room that I think she thinks that Will's in. Yeah, she sees something and goes, <gasps> and oh then my God. next week. Yeah, <laughs> which I thought it was actually almost like a little too on the nose, being like, ah, come on. Yeah, whatever. That was like that was like a, a comedy bit you do in South Park. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> in one of the scenes, part. But um, so yeah, and again, like it's Baby Yoda. It's Baby Yoda. Oh God, that's such a good show. Let's not talk about that. Yeah, it's um, Mandalorian. It's, Gabe, it's very good. Gabriel, do you have any other real wild speculations? Or not or... really. I just wanted to ask you the same that same thing. Um, I don't think I have anything else. There's just there was so much to unpack in this episode, and really, um, I I can't recommend enough. Read Joelle Monique's um essay basically on it because it's a wonderful bit of writing about race and superheroes. So like you know, um. Not to mention again, uh, you must remember this. Mm-hmm. But there's that. Ah, there you go. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, there's that wonderful bit you had, um, Karina Longworth's podcast about um, uh, Hollywood history. She has this amazing bit talking. The latest series is all about Song of the South. The latest episode talks about how black exploitation films became marketable for studios, mm-hmm. and including um, uh, uh, in Foxy Brown. Well, Foxy is like like her, her um. Her little brother, I guess, has this monologue about like he has no choice but to be a criminal because everything's been taken from him because he can't sing, dance, etc. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm I'm I am not black. I am I am Asian American. <gasps> You're not. I know, Daniel. <laughs> believe it or not. Okay. And and like I'm like, oh, that's an interesting speech. That's kind of cool that Hollywood studios wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. But Karina Longworth, who is much smarter than me, uh, makes this interesting point that because the studios made them. Uh, Black um, um theater goers love this thing, but they weren't that into it because this kind of speechifying wasn't made for black audiences. It was made for white audiences mm-hmm. because as a black audience member, you already knew all that. 
You like it was yeah. already inherently understood by the premise. Mm-hmm. No one needed a speech from a black kid about how he can't sing and dance and has to be a criminal because that was already the, like the known subtext. Yeah, that it's it's like it's like explaining what a superhero is in a movie, mm-hmm. or or having to explain what what race is. Yeah. It was just a really different understanding of what you don't get in art. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a great because I like I also just listened to that episode like earlier today, so I had that in my head when going through all this and whatnot, and mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's 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 some big shit. Yeah, it's fucking. <laughs> I heavy. mean, that's uh, I think I can eloquently say it is some big shit, and, and I feel like if if you and I did any real prep for the show and Katie, we could have that kind of talk, but we do this immediately. This is a recap show. No, no, no. and I think we're doing a fine job. I think I just think reading like cool. the, the PDPDs and everything. Yeah, like that, that's super fine. What do you think, Katie? Oh, she's not here. Damn it. Gabriel, I'm sorry, but she lives in a cold fucking part of the country. Arctic fucking tundra. Oh, boo. I hear they got snow They got snow. Snow in Philly. Gabriel, you know what's bummed out up? I miss Philly. Uh, That last week, it rained. Oh, yeah. It was the... I I have not seen rain since the start of spring. Daniel, it rained, and I couldn't wear my Converse's. Gabriel, it rained, and the temperature dropped... Below sixty degrees. You know, it rained, and I got my free car wash. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. LA's all take right. that, Katie. <laughs> we miss you, Katie. I miss snow too. Let's yeah. let's test her on this episode next time. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if she fucking listens. Fucking this shit. listens. I don't hey, Katie. Hey, Katie. When you hear this, message us and be Katie, like, when you hear right, this, I got text you. us the password. It is, the password is password. No, <laughs> <laughs> the password is red wine. Red wine. Yes. All right. So, anyway, so that's all my wild speculation. Yeah, yeah. This show's pretty great. This show's pretty great. No, I'm into it's it. really good. No, this is what I clearly I don't, like one of the better episodes. I mean, it just yeah. happened, oh, so man. like it's a little too fresh, but. And I really want to hear Katie's thoughts on this. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll have to hear her next time when she's going to recap everything that happened in this episode yeah. and the next one. Double sized episode. Double sized. All right, so, Daniel. Um, also, Gabriel, I should yeah. say like we're we're six episodes in. There's three episodes left. That's kind of fucking crazy. It is. I mean, like I'm very. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like it. Does it feel like we're we're two thirds of the way through an entire to the no, complete story? That does concern me a little bit. There's three more episodes. There's one more thing I totally forgot to bring up. Uh-huh. That did it occur to you in the very first episode of the series that Bass oh, did it again? Will Reeves' story is Superman's story. Yeah, I think in the back of my mind, I'm like, so Superman, but no, I didn't. I didn't think about that. Yeah, that, well, it's also, know. yeah, it's also like I don't know. Yeah, I got no. That's a good point. Also, we see the the superhero comic in the, yeah, in the, which is the, I mean, I, I I thought maybe I guess it just didn't fit in the story because Hollis Mason, the first Night Owl, mm-hmm. he was also a police officer in 1938 in New York. He might have been in, like Brooklyn or something, but um, that's the first time he he decides to become a superhero after hearing about Hooded Justice and reading Superman. Hmm. So that's another bit of comics history bled into it. That's also interesting because I didn't realize that because in, in a sense, Hooded Justice kind of adopts like the kind of hooded vigilante thing mm-hmm. while like kind of hearing a- about Superman and whatnot. Yeah, so. and it's a great comparison comparing uh, um, Night Owl's story. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a white guy. Um, I'm a cop. And my buddies ribbed me a little bit for going to bed too soon, so I became the night owl. Womp. Yeah. Well, and n- then there's... night owl's great because of that because he's just a, a dork. I yeah, mean... he's a fucking dork. <laughs> yeah. And then there's um, Hooded Justice's story of which is much darker. Yeah. Yes, he was almost fucking lynched. He was lynched. He just survived. 
It was a it was a warning lynch or, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, my no. god. So like, I don't know. That's yeah, but no, that's that's all very interesting. And again, unfortunately, Hollows Mason is dead at this point. He yeah. died in the in the series of the original mm-hmm. uh, comics. Yeah, but no, no, um, no. Just getting into and again, I. I, I I was kind of shit talking about the show with my brother because we were talking mm-hmm. about uh, the Man- Mandalorian. Sure. Um, a Mandalorian, which is another show that's going on right now, that's kind of like a big deal, and it's also not to get into it, but great. It's it's so good. It's so good. It's it's un it's unbearably good. Whereas like I feel I feel a lot of people I feel like if you're like a Watchmen fan, like mm-hmm. a real Watchmen fan, like like you, but no, yeah. uh, like this is like this show is entirely everything that you would want out of something yeah and this is like also don't be wrong this is before the quality of this episode that i was thinking this mm-hmm. where it's like it's like no i love this and whatnot but i know lindelof has a hard time sticking the landing and when he has shows when he has stories that are all about mystery and you mm-hmm. can't stick the fucking landing yeah like this it's is the worst like this is why like i don't have a lot of faith in damon lindelof mm-hmm and and I I think like you know following my kind of opinion about about Lindelof throughout this entire this uh, Watchmen on the clock you can kind of hear like me just kind of being like I like the show but I don't like Lindelof <laughs> yeah no I've I've said I I absolutely hate Prometheus yeah um, I think that's a bad movie and I I. I consider Prometheus a good movie in comparison to Star Trek Into Darkness, okay. which which is the most watchable movie that I do not care for. <laughs> I, I think I feel about Star Trek Into Darkness the way you feel about Batman versus Superman, where the the, <laughs> the stupid, the utter stupidity, the moments of utter character betrayal in Into uh-huh. Darkness are hilarious to me. The idea of Spock going like, no! <laughs> and just and like, violently punching. Yeah, they're going on a fucking speeder chase and beating the shit out of Khan. And I'm like, like, and you know like you don't have the the batman superman reverence i do and i don't give a shit about star trek i, I guess so not, th- not that i have like the reverence oh, there's that guy that was but no, I, I, I i find into darkness very funny but yeah no like uh, but don't yeah don't, like don't be wrong like if you put on into darkness like, i would watch that entire mm-hmm. thing beginning middle end but at the end i'm just like man this is a bad movie <laughs> i'd probably watch if, if you wanted to watch batman versus superman extended cut i'd do it for departed friend ryan it's so fucking bad <laughs> it's God. it's just i was expecting it being like maybe like the stuff they took out was like the connector material that mm-hmm. i feel like the original movie no just more shit and i feel like I it's also just hate, more things that happen <laughs> i also hate the filmmaking of that movie so it doesn't help me at all yeah, like, like the, the, the editing and the, like like i get mad looking at it so i i told you this many times before it doesn't fix any of like the awful superman shit too <laughs> but um I, I i told you about this before where in the extended cut um uh jenna malone plays uh barbara uh, uh i thought she wasn't barbara gordon it's just some rando no she plays barbara gordon who works like straight at, up who works gordon? at the what do you call it fucking planet and and daily, like why is she working on the daily planet but she has like the same bizarre kind of kinky jenna malone personality i love jenna malone but like it's so weird in this where like and all of her scenes are with amy adams um mm-hmm. uh, lois lane and like you feel like at any point like jenna malone's gonna be like do you want to like, get out of here and fuck or something mm-hmm. like that because like she has that she has a perpetual kind of like personality and like that's her delivery of everything yeah and i'm just like this is so like it's, it's very weird. strange it's a very strange way to do uh you think, like Gordon. like the execs were like like had like weird looks in their face like zach <laughs> well, well what's going on there what's going like, what do you mean but no like you don't see this like, what's, what's going on on screen right now it's like yeah no atlantic nor do i that her scenes were cut yeah. because it's like it's not that it's not that that was necessarily bad but it's more just like what's going on yeah what, what was this like does this not go anywhere you just have jenna malone show up and she's like she has like perpetual flirty kind of personality with everybody not that like and then it's like and it's like what what is this and he's like oh yeah that's right it doesn't go anywhere let's cut her out love it and you're like all right 
Good. Anyway. Let's watch the movie. <laughs> Ugh, let's maybe. Uh, but anyway, uh, Dawn of Justice, how'd you feel about it? No. <laughs> okay. um, I think that's about the end of our show. Daniel, you want to do some plugging for us? Yes. Uh, well, first off, you can check out me. If you were like, hey, man, these guys are so fucking good. I can't wait to listen to nothing but these two. For jack- another hour and change. Jackoffs. Uh, me and Gabriel do the show Slow Readers. There's almost 130 hours of us doing this. More than 130 hours oh my by God. far. Yeah, I mean, we have some pretty long episodes, but generally they're about an hour. But Yeah, uh, yeah, where we basically just talk about literature. It is basically us just talking about like whatever thing we feel like and whatnot. Uh, and yeah, it's a little more... It's It's... We're getting more restrained recently, but we started mm-hmm. off being completely unrestrained. Yeah, you can skip maybe the first hundred episodes. <laughs> yeah, I think like we got we got we got like much more like listenable like around like the ninety hundred meter mark. Or yeah. Something. Also, the audio quality got a lot better. A ton better. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I'm actually fine with that because I yeah I'm I'm fine uh, doing it from that angle. But uh, check that out. Uh, anywhere you you listen to podcasts, also leave it leave it five stars. Make this yeah. five stars. Uh, tell us how much you like it and whatnot. Tell a friend. Uh, friend who wants to hang out and just listen to two fucking jackoffs talk about fucking goddamn uh, Batman versus Superman. Dude's doing book die. And, <laughs> let's have a Batman versus Superman podcast. Ugh, just G- watch it every week. Gabriel. Also, you can get my fiction at uh, topcountradio.com forward slash press. That's That'll take you to anywhere. You can get any of them on anywhere you get ebooks and whatnot. And the physical copies are available on Amazon. Cool. Gabriel, plug. Yes, um, ladies and gentlemen, please check out um, Self-Evident Asian America Stories. It is an Asian American heritage documentary podcast. I produced mm. episode three, the talk you're supposed to have. I'm very proud of it. It's about my life and my history with my parents. Um it was on AV Club, so that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, give that a give that a listen. It's a good time. And yeah, once again, give slow readers a listen. Give that a subscribe. Give this some subscribe some subscribes and stars. Shit, I don't know. Shit, I don't know, bro. Yeah. Hey, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. You know who else was in Batman vs. Superman? Jeremy Irons. Yeah. Adrian Invite himself. Old Vitey. <laughs> who played a slutty Alfred? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah. scenes of him and like and Jenna Malone just talking casually oh, but God. it's like it's super got, it's sexually super, charged it's super sex. it's just like an expositional scene but it's mm-hmm. those two like basically fucking with yeah. their words yeah, it's basically like all of Call Me By Your Name <laughs> good times Gabriel yes Daniel Um, is that the end of the show I think that's the end of the show thanks for listening to Watchmen on the Clock as always if you disagree with us if you agree with us if you mm-hmm. hate us um, write to us at topgallantradio at gmail.com um, yeah topgallant like like spin a top and gallant like like a knight and shit. Radio.com. Hmm? Isn't gallant isn't like gallant like the gallantry? Isn't that E N T? No. Okay, so it is A L T. Yeah. A N T, correct. Okay, cool. Or yeah, I'll message us, message Daniel at Top Gallant Radio on Instagram. Until then, everyone. Until the Swinton. Uh keep tick talking. Tick tock. Tick tock. Tick tock. Tick tock. Tick. Yeah. Okay. Bye. This has been a Top Gallant Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to topgallantradio.com. Radio.com.